everybody. This is Alec, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. I wanted to thank everybody who has listened to the last episode of the podcast. I know that it was a little confusing because it was a podcast about Ghost in the Shell again, and it was actually a podcast about the 2017 live-action nightmare film with Scarlett Johansson um, <laughs> that me and my cousin Danny, who... I know a lot of you like when he comes on the show to talk about stuff, um, talked about together. So if you haven't heard that or you were like, why is this a repeat popping up in my feed? Don't worry. It's not facts of the bad old days. I just talked about a bad movie with my cousin. And that is there for you to enjoy as much as we enjoyed just riffing that movie a new one. Um, so definitely go check that out if you haven't. Um, but, before we get into the business at hand, I do want to talk about the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. And that's because, um, I may, I have some notoriety on the internet for writing about specifically anime and the, like, Hollywood Awards circuit, if you will. Um, infamously, the, like, big feather anime cap is Hayao Miyazaki got an Oscar for Spirited Away, but for the most part, anime has gone unnoticed by the Oscars. It's changing a little, especially with um, Mirai being nominated for an Oscar um, this year, but to kind of, to not to kind of, to actually rectify that, Crunchyroll decided, hey, I want, we want to make an award show for anime, and this is the third year they've done it, and honestly, the second year, I think, is the best they've ever been. This is like some weird hacked-together dumpster fire. And I understand that, like, award shows cost a lot to put on, and they're very... It's very hard to hold them, but there's gotta be some kind of standards... Because it was just like, putting aside all the weird production things of, we're going to have this party in a bar, and this separate room where they're going to give out the actual awards, for the most part, although some awards were given out at that party. the, the production quality was weird. Like, it, it's, audio cues would play before it was time for the show. They had the... They had the presenters introduce the nominees, and then they had Victoria's voice saying, your nominees are... Like, it was... So it was like a double... A double thing that was not great. And it's just... It was just all over the place. So, as a result of that, I, I just, like, I, I spent the entire time watching it just being like, this this is bad. This is bad, right? This is bad. Um, And it just, it just didn't come off really great. But that that's enough of the badness. We, we can put that aside. It's fine. It was, it was ultimately, it was like, it was fine. Evan Mento was on there, and I was like, Evan, you're part of this bad. Congratulations. Um, but, um, and if you hear this Evan come at me with, with your criticism of what, like, well, I wanted to support, no, no, it was, it was just a bad thing that you were involved in. It's fine. This podcast is probably terrible. I, I'm probably putting terrible things out into the world at all times. It's fine. We all do it. <laughs> but, um... The uh, thing we're here to talk about, the film we're here to talk about, is... Wait for it. Battle... Alita Battle Angel. I always screw that up. You told me the story of the war. When the ground shook and the sky burned. Of the ones that survived, who awoke to a different world, 
where the powerful prey on the weak. But that's not the way it has to be. When I found you, your very human brain was miraculously intact. It's the loneliest feeling not to know who you are. In time, you'll remember. I remember black skies, the lightning all around me. The leader is new here. It's a harsh world down here. You gotta be willing to do what it takes. Alita, run! of a kind. She contains technology that have been lost for 300 years. Let me show you something. This body, I feel a connection to it. I can't explain. You know more about me than you're saying. Alita, some things have been left forgotten. And I'll find out for myself. She's threatening the natural order of things. I need you to destroy her. Alita, they will come for you. I'll have to face them head on. I'm gonna need you to stand way back. Tonight is not a game. It is a hunt. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit of a trip down memory lane for a bit here, because to put it simply, us old school otaku, when I say old school, I mean like 30 and up, for those for like, like, like 29 to corpse otaku, are getting kind of everything we were promised. And what I mean by that, in terms of live-action adaptations of anime, and what I mean by that is, when I was a kid and I was just getting into anime, there were lots of rumors. And those rumors had to do with, like, live-action adaptations of anime. And the three that were, the, let's call it four, that I heard tossed around off a lot were, Man, wouldn't it be cool if there was live-action Ghost in the Shell? Up, they—they're casting for Akira. They're casting for live-action Akira, and the last one was the—the the last two were. They're gonna make a movie out of Cowboy Bebop, and it's gonna star, um, Keanu Reeves, um, <laughs> which got to the point of like. The Hollywood Reporter putting out articles on it for a while, which was wild. But, um, the last thing was that James Cameron wanted to make this movie. And, like, he wanted to make it for decades. He wanted to make it basically forever. And that movie was Battle Angel Alita. And the thing with this movie is it, like, eluded him every, at, at every turn. He always wanted to make it, and no one would let him. And it was just, it was just the oddest thing to, like, live through the fact that James Cameron was on the book. As the, the guy who directed the sad boat movie everybody went to fucking see. And eventually the guy who what made the Pocahontas with the blue people in it? For those of you who are uninitiated, that is Avatar. Avatar is just Pocahontas with space elves. Um, <laughs> um, prove me wrong, internet. Um, uh, wanted to make the the guy who made Terminator. Also, I should point out 
wanted to make a movie out of this hard this hard cyberpunk nine like nineteen eighties slash nineteen nineties manga called Battle Angel Alita. And it got to the point where nobody, and I mean nobody, ever thought this was gonna fucking happen. It was like that like you would see that and you would see the Akira movie as like these like I will believe it when like someone's holding me down and it's being pumped into my eye sockets. And in between that time, we got a little movie called Dragon Ball Evolution. We also got, um, also Ghost of the Shell was like in a similar vein. Everybody was like, bullshit, they're making a real Ghost in the Shell. That's insane. Um, and Dragon Ball Evolution kind of spoiled the party for everybody. And I, I, I mean that in the kindest way possible to Dragon Ball Evolution, and that is that it just, it just didn't, it just didn't work out for that, for that film. It was just, everything about it was a dumpster fire. Like, it, if you saw, if you saw, if you've seen Ghost in the Shell live action, the 2017 movie, and you're like, it's a really bad movie. I don't think they've ever made a worse anime adaptation movie than this. Oh, no, 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 no. Go watch Dragon Ball Evolution. You will want to claw your eyes out with a rusty spoon. <laughs> you, you do not unsee Dragon Ball Evolution. You just live with the fact that now that tiny Shenron is in your brain. A if you don't know what I'm talking about, like type in Shenron plus Dragon Ball Evolution into Google and you will you will see Tiny Shenron and you will be kind of elated and sad at the same time. It's kind of amazing. Um but anyway. So that kind of like spoiled the sauce for a lot of people. Like, oh maybe we don't want live actions of these anymore. Maybe this all blows. Maybe maybe we take it back. Can I take it back? And then Ghost in the Shell came out, and we were all like, holy shit, we all have to go see Ghost in the Shell. Like, we all have to go see that movie. Actually, no. Then Speed Racer came out. And Speed Racer, for what it is, is like the Watowskis throwing it down for their anime love in, like, the weirdest way possible. <laughs> and that movie, in my opinion, and in other some other people's opinions... It's great because it is like everything Speed Racer is in a live action movie, and that makes it sometimes also bad. But the Ghost in the Shell live action was a boondoggle because it was. It was whitewashed. It was whitewashed in ways that were reminiscent of the career ender of a whitewashing that was. The whitewashing of um, the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. And everybody seemed to have a clear path of like who to cast in that that would make sense. And just... <sighs> I forget what studio made that movie. I kind of blocked it on my fucking skull. Um, but it was just... It was just not... It was just not a good... It just didn't... It didn't go well. I mean, Ghost in the Shell is a bad movie, but it's, like, it's fine. Like, uh, on the whole, if you know, like, stuff about Ghost in the Shell, you're like, oh, that was fine. Um, but... Uh, so, now we have three notable, by name, and I'm counting by name because I know that, like, Dying of a Day or whatever that Tom Cruise movie is based off, of a, based off of a manga called All You Need to Kill. But, um, the thing about the anime, adap the, the three anime adaptations I mentioned, Dragon Ball, The Evolution, um, Dragon, or Dragon Ball Evolution, um, Speed Racer, and Ghost in the Shell, is that they are all 
recognizably anime properties like converted or perverted into live action and with drag with um speed racer actually being the truth to the like form of the original anime actually and so this kind of gave us all hope because not only did we get dragon ball z dragon ball z as a live action which was laughable and bad and um um and Speed Racer, which was, like I said, I enjoy the shit out of that movie. <laughs> Lots of people enjoy the shit out of that movie. It does not make it good. It just make, means that we enjoy the shit out of it. And then we got Ghost in the Shell, which was kind of just like, meh. And then a year goes by, and about the halfway point of the year, we get news that, like, they're getting set up to do the Battle Angel movie. And I, me, for me personally, I was just like, oh man, somebody finally, James Cameron finally conned somebody into giving him the money to make his weird fucking dream project. This is great. And, but what I didn't know is that James Cameron wasn't, he, he wrote the script and he was producing the movie, but he wasn't the person directing it. It was actually a director named Robert Rodriguez, who's actually a phenomenal budget action director. And it starred this young actress named Rose Salazar. And the thing that came out of that movie, that, that like, that news, was this shot of Rose's face with these big-ass bug eyes. And we all, like, like, no matter whether you were, like, okay with it, the stylization, or you, like, were willing to deal with it, there's part of everybody that's like, oh, fuck, here we go again. This is, this is gonna go bad. It's gonna go, it's gonna go bad in a way that is not foreseen previously, and will be interesting, but it might be bad. And then, this year, the movie came out. And it was, it wasn't just good by like adaptation standards it's a good movie it like and the reason why people are why so many of us anime critics and anime like the anime the anna twitter sphere saying go fucking see alita if you like anime or manga just do it is because we We, we know that anime fans want to support what we all recognize as good adaptations of things. As adaptations of things that are worth it, that are worthwhile. And Alita is that. From tail, from tail to snout, it is a... It is not just a solid action movie. It's a solid adaptation of a of source material. It it is a solid visual treatment for that source material. Down to and I started reading the Alita manga finally about a week before I went to see the movie, just because I was curious and I couldn't help myself. And there's something I noticed in the movie that was clearly taken directly from the manga. I might have been taken from the OVA. I haven't had the opportunity to see the OVA, but from the manga, the character Alita has this kind of playfulness to her, has this, like, has this tendency to interrupt the kind of, like, gritty, dark... 1990s cyberpunkness of it was like, oh, isn't that interesting? Kind of like playfulness, and that can be found in Rose in Rose's portrayal of Alita as a character, and I found that really interesting and nuanced and cool. And that's why we keep telling you all the people on the internet talking about anime keep shoving our tickets in your face keep saying 
you know, this is why you sh you should go see this movie, is because was as for things like Ghost in the Shell, for things like uh, for certainly things like Dragon Ball Evolution, there's this twisting of a perfectly good story that happens. And what I mean by that is um, anime adaptations are difficult because if you go too far away from the source material, you get something like Dragon Ball Evolution. If you go too close to the source material, you can end up with something like Speed Racer that is very close to the, like, the original Speed Racer cartoon that aired. But if you go in the middle and you don't do it right, and you just kind of make a clip show, you get something like Ghost in the Shell. And what Alita does as a film is it changes just enough to give you answers that you never knew that you needed. So, um, to give you a perfect example, and by the way, spoilers for this movie. There's a scene in the in the and the manga. If you're reading the manga, turn this off because I'm about to talk about a manga plot point that comes fairly early on. But hey, it's a plot point. In the original manga, there's Dr. Ido, who's, um, I wish I had the cast list up, uh, but Dr. Ido, um, who's Alita's kind of foster dad, uh, saves Alita from being de absolutely destroyed and having her brain eaten by this big, creepy cyborg monster dude. But her body is totaled, like shredded, and there he has this other body that is from the same period of time that she is, that she that her, she technically is from, and uh, they don't explain how he gets that. He just says like I found it dumpster diving, and he keeps it in like a locked safe thing far away from the rest of the world. But in the in Alita Battle Angel, the like James Cameron Robert Rodriguez joint of a film, they have Alita happen upon it via like plot contrivances. So it's explained where it came from and like the it makes it less... It makes it less because I said so than in the manga. And that, for me, was a nice touch. And I, I understand why that plot point was fudged. Because you need to get this android with this body by this point, by a certain point in the story so you can have the rest of the story... But uh, there are certain storytelling, um, what's the word? Storytelling habits that Hollywood has that don't need to exist. And one of those is that everything needs, like, this, like, deep-weighted, meaningful emotion behind it, because it doesn't. And in this, in Alita Battle Angel, once Alita figures out she can kick people, she can fucking murder people real good, she continues to murder people real good. It's not, it's not a problem for her. But once, but the thing that is a problem is that Hollywood feels like characters need to be emphasized with constantly. Even a character like, let's say, Deadpool is given this, like, empathetic trapping to him, so you're okay with all the times he, like, stares at the camera through his crotch and talks to you, and all this other, like, weird shit. But 
it's rare that Hollywood gets away from that because there's so much money riding on all these movies. A small movie is like a couple is like a couple million dollars. That's like a microcosmically small movie too. A movie like Battle Angel Alita is two hundred billion dollars of movie. That's how much they spent on this movie. It it might not make it definitely won't make its money back in the domestic market. It might make it back in the um international market because I found out that um what's it called um Ghost of the Shell actually ended up making money, which was hilarious to me. But um or Ghost of the Shell, the live action movie, I should preference that with, but. So, if, if you don't know the um, basic outline of the story of Alita, it is, bas- it is basically that Dr. Ido, um, this, like, junkyard doctor, junkyard, um, and, like, doctor who lives in, like, the slums of this future society, and like helps people and like helps people repair themselves and all this other stuff. Um is like in the junkyard and he's you know, looking and he's he's dumpster diving in a junkyard. And he finds an eyeball and he's like, Oh, eyeball and then he looks over and he goes, Oh that's a whole torso And when he scans it with his little scanner thing, he finds out like, Oh, she's alive, oh shit. And he brings her back, and he proceeds to raise her. In the movie, it's made to be, he raises her, like, in place of his long-lost daughter. But in the manga, it's just like he has a hard goal, and he decides to raise this girl for no reason. And you come to find out that she's basically a ass-kicking machine from a bygone era, in, like, an era in which, like, that, uh, from, like, an era of which techno- all technology has been lost. And it, the story goes that, like, she is threatening the balance of this extremely imbalanced society where the rich and powerful live in a sky city and they dump their trash on everybody else. And, like, it's a story about her challenging that, about the character Alita challenging that power with her power. And fucking winning. And uh, the, the movie does a phenomenal job of making sure that's the through line. It has the the, like... And I haven't gotten to this point in the manga, but it has this thing with the boyfriend, a character named Hugo, um, that can get a little, that can get more than a little heavy-handed. As I've heard people use the word extra, like like Alita can be real extra about shit, and it just, but it it. All comes together in a way that makes sense, and like their like deep love comes together to make this real tragedy that informs like Alita's feelings by the end of the movie. And while I'm not sure we will ever get another one of these movies, I like it. It, it sets it up nicely for we can make another one of these if we want or need. And I mean, James Cameron has. I mean, he's making, like, Avatar 5 and 6 or some shit. So, he can propel anything into existence, as far as I'm concerned. And there is, on that note, there is a more than, less than zero chance that people will just go see this movie, people will just go see Alita, because it's a James Cameron film. And that's... That's really that's really important because it uh, there are a few directors who 
can just demand attention like that. And with James Cameron attached to it, even if Robert Rodriguez is, like, the director proper, people just go see this movie. And if you're on the fence, if you if you like anime and manga and you're a big otaku or all that shit, and you're like, but you're still on the fence, I will tell you that this is one of the most faithful adaptations of the animal of the anime style into real into reality and into a live action film that I've ever seen. And if you're thinking like I want to see something like like um all that stuff, you can go see on Instagram and. Facebook and all that stuff, all these like fan project people are putting together. What I would tell you is that this isn't like that. A movie like Alita isn't like that. It isn't. It isn't this. It doesn't have that like fan feel. If you saw Ghost in the Shell and you saw, um, Scarlett Johansson in the fucking skin tone, skin tight cat suit that she wears in that movie, uh, you would understand that, like, what I say when I say anime movie, live-action anime film can look like cosplay. And if you're you're still wondering, go look at uh, the live-action Full Metal Alchemist movie. And what I mean by Full... And you'll see what I mean. You'll see that it looks like people wearing a costume and just, like, play fighting when they fight. Alita isn't like that. Alita, Alita, so this is going to be a little weird, Um, but the difference between a Hollywood adaptation of something and, like, uh, anything but Hollywood adaptation of something is Hollywood has the money to pour into a bottomless pit of a project. Uh, on the live-action Full Metal Alchemist, there was a budget that stopped at some point. <laughs> on Alita, it feels like two, $2 billion dollars would just when they were done. <laughs> it could have gone on. But it would just, it would like, it would just, it would just the budget, it would just what the number was when they, when they closed the checkbook at the end of production. And the reason why that's valuable is because anime and manga are beautiful, are, are beautiful art forms that I, I love, I'm sure everybody listening to this loves, but they are all also entertainment, and they all also run on a budget, and, you know, animators don't get paid what they should, and anime is still expensive as hell. Um, mangaka work their asses off, and, you know, I'm sure whatever salary they're getting isn't worth the, it isn't worth the amount of beauty they put into the world. But, it's all functioning on like a very thin margin of error, and things can go bad. I mean, if you want an idea of what happens when studio when whole studios go bad, look at what happened with um, Gangsta and Monglobe. Which, if you don't know, Gangsta basically put a whole studio under. Like the sh- the show, the anime Gangsta, like. Just it was it was the dying gasp of Monglobe, and that was deeply sad because Monglobe was an amazing like force of a artistic force of a studio, and just the like weird train wreck of Gangsta contributing to its demise. It's just you never want to see that. So when you have someone like James Cameron who is so adept at at creating anything he puts his hands on, especially when it comes to CGI, which is important in Alita because this has a lot of 
really well done CGI. Um, it means that you're getting someone, a, a, a fellow craft person who has the budget, who has the kind of bottomless coffer to be like, oh, this guy's supposed to have a robot body? Let's do it. And you just see um, the character, the pan in the, in the film. He has, his entire body is robotic, except for his face. Like, he's got, and, and he as a character just doesn't wear a shirt. And so the, so what I'm saying there is, is in a, in a, say, Japanese adaptation, what would happen is, and this is not to throw shade on Japanese live-action films, it's just different, is they would probably put a badass motorcycle jacket on him, and, like, the drip of chest that is exposed would be green-screened and, like, some kind of, like, mechanical stuff would be stuffed in there to make it look convincing. And oftentimes, that's why lots of anime does probably doesn't get a adaptation in terms of, like, live action, because it is so expensive to, like, I mean, I can't imagine how much it was to make Alphonse Elric for the live action Full Metal Alchemist movie. If you had to make... I, I, um, Pacific Rim is a practice in, like, what if we tried to... It's like a test case scenario for making Ava on behalf of Guillermo del Toro. And that movie is insanely expensive, so I can't imagine what a live-action Ava would fucking cost. And it so it just... It's... it's but it's important that these films get made because the more the more that Hollywood the like entertainment behemoth that it is sees that people will go see a live action anime adaptation the more people will look at them seriously and the more people will say what if we finally made that live action Akira what, the people will look at Something like, um, Gundam, like, Gundam narrative, and they will just, like, say, we could probably make that. And, now, it's a different, it's a different story of if they can make it well, but the more tries they get at it, the closer they'll get to getting it right. And if the message is sent, look at this adaptation that was... made very faithfully and everybody's happy with it and tons of people want to see it, then they'll get that message, hopefully. But I as for what I thought about the movie, I I kinda fucking loved it. I I'm sure you guys have realized this by now, but I am all on board all the time for cyberpunk stuff. It's one of my one of the things I love the most about anime, and this movie is one hundred thousand percent as cyberpunk as fuck, yo. And um, it, it and it doesn't apologize for that. On top of that, uh, the character of Alita manages to be this kind of all at once is kind of. lovesick puppy combined with a good, like, faithful daughter character, and this badass taking names like, kicking ass and taking names female lead, and it just it, it's all the right ways to do all the things it does right that makes any sense. So, like, um, there's some lip service that people can pay to, like, diversity, to strong female characters, to 
character to, to women who take the lead role in a romantic relationship to like foster parenthood and from the crafting of the world and like its extreme diversity and languages from all over they have in Iron City to the relationship between Alita and Hugo in this film to Alita like not backing down from like big scary men ever there is never a point in this movie where she's like I'm afraid of you there's only a point of I'm gonna stare at you until I figure out how to gouge take my hand and gouge out your lung and that is probably best personified by the fight like the um kind of penultimate fight with Barishka that happens after they have this bar brawl in the movie, in which Barishka, I was really surprised that they kept this insanely fucked up imagery in the movie, although they didn't show it, thank God. Although it would have been interesting if they tried to. Um, but Barishka, in the original comics, that character, and they show what he means in the comic, which is terrifying. He basically says, I'm going to rip off all your arms and legs and then fasten you into a pendant that screams forever. And I'll just wear you out on the town so I can hear you scream for mercy. And in the comic, she has this, this is where the like playfulness comes in. She has this quip where she's like, wow, that really is the only way you can imagine happiness? And, like, it's this very jokey, like, it has its own panel, and it's, like, it, it's, a, it's a great, like, beat in that manga. But in this one, it, he's, like, holding her, he's, like, holding her up, and he's, like, ripped off her bottom half. She only has one arm left, and she just straight up says, Fuck your mercy, and gouges his eyes out. Um, after which he is accosted and killed by robot dogs. Um, that's just a... Robot hellhounds, I should say. But, um, it's just... And that kind of, like, don't back down, don't give in to fear, don't, like, compromise just because, like, you have all these, like, giant assholes picking on the little girl. It's a great... It's like that's the way that should be done. I, I I and I've talked about um my hatred for Black Clover on this show before. But in addition to it being a filler arc that drives me insane now because I, I, I hate my own eyeballs and I watch that show week to week. Um still. I there's a character on that show named Charlotte. And Charlotte is supposed to be, like, the head of one of the Magic Knights. But what they do is they play her strength as a joke. And they say, like, look at this insanely strong character that everybody recognizes being having true, real strength in, this, in the world of Black Clover. But she's really just a fucking crush, schoolgirl with a schoolgirl crush. As soon as, like, they zoom in on her at any, like, closeness, she's just like, Why didn't he pay attention? I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, they keep saying you can, like, crush a city bus, but all you, but all the, like, all the writing for you does is it, like, and I, I understand that that is a dimension of that every character, every good character should have multiple dimensions, but the difference between making a real three-dimensional character and making a two-dimensional character one of the dimensions is just something you wouldn't expect, if that makes any sense. And I, 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 this Alita as a character is allowed to be insanely badass 
but also it insanely vulnerable. And when I said that she can come off as a little extra in like her affection for Hugo, I think that's on purpose because they they have to swing the pendulum in both directions as hard as they can because they want the viewer to get the point. And like subtlety and subtlety could be a luxury that they could waste if they were like, oh yeah, she's a badass and she really cares about Hugo. No, but instead they're like, oh yeah, she's a badass and she cares about Hugo so much that she takes out her own heart and tries to hand it to him. And that is so, like, over the top that even Hugo is like, oh fuck, she crazy. I love her, but she crazy. And I, it takes a lot of guts to write a character who is crushing on another character who also loves them back that hard and that over the top. And it, it, it's that kind of, but at the same point, because you have the other, the swing in the other direction to her being a complete and total badass, it feels like a real meaningful addition to her character. And all of that, like, builds and builds and builds and builds and builds her as this interesting, unique character by the end of the film. Um, and it's just, it's just a good movie. I mean, I, I, I know I've spent the first, however long of the podcast, basically stumping for this, for you to go see this movie. But, it, it just, it's a good movie regardless of whether or not it's an anime movie. And I know I've said that before. But, um, it, it's the kind of, it's the kind of adaptation we all deserve. We have gotten other things, and it's, but this is the kind of adaptation we really deserve as, not just as a fan base or as a, as a subculture, but as a viewing public. And I'm not just talking about people who like anime or people who know anime or any of that stuff. I have no doubt that somebody who knew nothing about Alita who went to see this movie would come out of it and be like, that was okay, I like that. And that's a, that's a huge compliment. Um... So yeah, and I'm gonna cut it short a little bit because I'm gonna let you in a little secret. I had a couple of recording snafus. I don't know why, but um, I I lost the first couple times I started this podcast because my computer was just like fuck you. Um, and on that note, I have been Alex, and if you like this podcast, I encourage you to listen to the last one on Ghost in the Shell that I did with my cousin Danny, and I also encourage you to subscribe. And if you are subscribed to this podcast, I encourage you to um, leave me a five-star rating on your podcast listening app of choice. And as always, you can find more stuff from me in general about anime over at lunchboxpublishing.com, which is the website where this podcast is posted weekly. Um, but is also kind of a hub for all the stuff I've done about anime on the internet. Um, it's, I'm really proud of it. So if you have any desire to check that out, I encourage you to go check that out. But until next time, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I'll talk at you later.
Does it bother you? That I'm not completely human? You are the most human person I have ever met. Didn't I tell you to be home before dark? I just lost track of time. A leader. You have to be responsible. You are someone very special. Hey, kid. Not just a teenage girl. Hey, what's your problem? You can't remember. What do you mean? Doc found you in the scrapyard. So you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. I'm not your daughter. I don't know what I am. I do. You have the most advanced weapon ever. But that's just a shell. It's not bad or good. That part's up to you. I do not stand by in the presence of evil. She's threatening the natural order of things. Tonight is not a game. It is a hunt. You to destroy a girl called Alita. You made the biggest mistake of your life. And what's that? Underestimating who I am.